0: I'm Luka Dončić and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. Oh, no.
1: This is gonna be huge. Yeah. 360 in the contract, never
2: that. I just take the contact, I will bring it back. I'm running on the fast break, behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that, jerk with the back. in the house tonight. And... And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead and the Dallas Mavericks play basketball in just a few days. It's actually happening. The Mavericks are still playing. Isaac is out today. Just me hanging out. We're going to hear from Rick Carlisle and Chris Porzingis on all the updates. Got a couple of updates on Michael Carter. Dang it, I did it again. Alone, I did it again. Michael Kidd, Gilchrist, and Trey Burke. We have a couple updates on them and when they're going to be potentially available to play for the Mavericks. Luka was also talked about as most improved player. We actually voted on... The Locked On Network, so all the Locked On NBA hosts voted on it, and so I will potentially talk about that today. Maybe I'll wait till Isaac comes back. But Rick Carlisle got into that, and so we'll hear from him on that. He also talked about Luka and KP playing together and what their relationship looks like going into the future. And then Christoph Porzingis actually, you know, divulged what happened when he missed his COVID test that that caused him to miss the second scrimmage game. He's going to talk about the playoffs, talk about mentally preparing for this game coming up on Friday. The Mavericks play on Friday against the Rockets, which is huge, which is uh, the first seeding game. So that's going to be a massive game. Uh, The Mavericks also play tonight. If you're listening to this on Tuesday, they're going to play the 76ers. So he talks about preparing for that team as well and how they're preparing, just the different things. And it was kind of interesting to hear Kristaps Porzingis talk about the things that they're doing and the preparation they're they're doing right now. So we're going to hear all that. We're going to talk about all that today. Again, Isaac is out, but we appreciate you guys hanging out with us on Lockdown Mavericks. If you're not already, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. A lot of people still on Himalaya. We still love, we still love Himalaya that app. We appreciate you guys subscribing. Follow us on Twitter at Nick Van Exit, at Isaac L Harris, and at Lockdown You can also follow at Lockdown NBA Net to follow every single. You know, locked on account. They it is a curated account that tweets everything. If you don't want to follow all the individual accounts, you can follow locked on NBA net and it'll follow, you'll be able to follow all, all the other teams that are going on in the bubble and all the delete teams as well. So you'll be able to get all that. Okay. Let's get into a couple things with Rick Carlisle. So he gave a practice update, and then also later in his presser, he gave an update about Trey Burke and Michael Kidd Gilchrist specifically michael kidd gilchrist <laughs> i may have to repeat that name over and over again and so there's something very interesting about his michael kidd gilchrist answer that really they stuck out to me and so maybe you can hear it if you're a listener of this podcast you should be able to hear it so let's uh, listen to rick carlisle uh
1: we had a good practice kp practiced um trey burke practiced uh mkg did some did some stuff live too which was good and so um you know things are, are moving in a good direction with those two guys, and um, you know we're uh, one scrimmage tomorrow, and then you know we got you know the the game Friday is really staring us in the face. So, um, you know, coming off the Indiana game, we did some very good things. The second half, we uh, we lost our disposition uh, physically, and that cost us. and uh, so we uh, we had a good practice today. You know, we we went hard. We were we were physical, and uh, you know, going into the game against Philly, they're very big and very physical, and so it's going to be important that we continue to do the same thing. You mentioned MKG and Burke. How realistically, how close are they? Because I know Burke just got here. Uh, well, Burke's going to play tomorrow, unless he has some kind of a issue coming off of today's practice. Um, MKG will not play tomorrow. You know, he's he's further away from, you know, game action. Um, but, you know, Burke, Burke was uh, you know, he was doing a lot of things. He was doing a lot of working out right before we signed him. And, you know, he's in really good shape. And, uh, you know, he came in the other day when he came out of quarantine, he's at the gym and he just I mean, he looked like he was ready to go then, you know. But this is two and a half days later. He had a good practice today, and so uh, you know we'll see where we are tomorrow. But I do see him playing some minutes tomorrow night.
2: So the two things there that I heard about Michael Kidd Gilchrist was he did some live stuff today. That's usually vernacular that you only use when a player has been injured, right? They're doing some live stuff. They're participating, not just in like a walkthrough or, you know, other kind of individual workouts, but like live stuff, like, you know, five on five or whatever three on three drills whatever they do that that's live stuff and that's what you talk about when a player has an injury like that's the kind of talk to you you uh that's that's what you talk about when a player has an injury he also said that he has is farther away from playing than trey burke and we know trey burke's not injured so I, I, it was interesting for me to hear those two things together for separate in separate questions that makes me think that michael kidd gilchrist is hurt and i I haven't seen anything about that. Maybe I'm just missing something, and t- and tweet at me if I am. But I haven't seen anybody report on it. Um, but yeah, I it's it's interesting to me that he is saying that because we haven't heard anything about a Michael Kidd-Gilchrist injury. But it kind of makes a little bit more sense about how it took him a while to get to you know th- the bubble, how he's you know not ready to play basically when he gets there. And all that kind of stuff. So that could have maybe solved our MKG situation. Uh, Trey Burke looks like he's going to play on the, uh, you know, in this next game. So that's actually pretty, pretty awesome. Hopefully we'll be able to see him then. And uh, that sounds like definitely we'll see him Friday. So uh, I'm excited to see what he can bring to this team. Another ball handler. If JJ Barea is shooting the way that he has been, maybe he's able to, you know, boost the Mavericks in that area. I'm very excited to, to see that happen. So, some good updates. Good to hear that the team is, you know, so far doing well, and that they are, uh, you know, he said he said it. Uh, Friday is staring them in the face. I mean, it's coming up. It's already, you know, just three days away or so, and the the first seeding game, the one that actually matters, is coming up. And they only have one more game against the 76ers tonight. If you're listening to this on Tuesday, so coming up, let's hear some more from Rick Carlisle, more from Christoph Porzingis as well, and then uh, talk about the Mavericks playing against the 76ers. All right, now let's hear from Kristaps Porzingis. He actually answered this very first question about why he missed his coronavirus test. It's the reason why he missed the game the other day against the uh, match against the. Um, oh, who did they play? <laughs> did they just play last. Uh, he missed their last game against the Pacers, and so this is why Kristaps Porzingis missed his coronavirus test. This is his answer.
0: Yeah, uh, it was just a mistake from my part. Uh, the day off and, and and everything kind of threw me off a little bit, and um, yeah, just kind of missed it. And and and, and it, it is what it is now. I can't turn back the time and do the test. I wish I could, and and that made me lose a day with with my teammates, and especially a game day. So uh, that that hurts, you know. And uh, in the future, I'm just gonna make sure it doesn't happen again.
2: So, you heard from him, you know, it's, it was just a mistake. He literally just, you know, forgot about it. Carlisle mentioned yesterday that he also had almost forgotten about a coronavirus test as well and barely made it just under the wire to get, you know, a test. And so, who knows what would have happened to him. But, sounds like Christoph Porzingis has learned from that mistake. He's trying to move on from it. He said, you know, I missed a whole day with his teammates. So, That makes me wonder if he didn't just miss the game. He maybe missed shoot around. He missed a couple other things as well with the team. So I wonder what that all looks like. The bubble is just all this new stuff. I mean, every single day we're learning new things about the, you know, the different protocols, the different punishments, whatever you want to call it, the safety measures that they're taking. We're learning new things every single day. And honestly, the NBA is probably changing things every day. We know publicly that they changed the Zion rules, which is, you know, how many days you have to miss and how many days you're quarantined after you leave the bubble for certain excused reasons. But for all of those kind of rules, there's probably a bunch of others that we don't know about that they're changing because those don't get reported or don't get reported as widely and things like that. So Christoph is missing the coronavirus test. I don't think a lot of people are making a big deal out of it. Uh, on Twitter or anything like that. I haven't seen that. So if you're out there and you're concerned about it, I wouldn't be too concerned about it. Uh, You know, this is new for everybody. And he sounds contrite about it. Sounds like he's learned from it. And so hopefully we'll be able to move on from that. Uh, But let's hear from Kristaps Przingis about mentally preparing for, you know, the games coming up, the game on Friday. Uh, This is two questions back to back. One of them about preparing for Friday. Another one preparing specifically for Philadelphia and the 76ers coming up.
0: Uh, Friday is the first regular season game. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. No, we're just – we're excited. We've been working hard. And, and, and honestly, it's like a, we're having another preseason. And it's not fun. Nobody really loves uh, preseason. Uh, we're doing defensive slides and, and things like that that are, you know, not our favorite thing to do. Uh, but we realize it's, it's the right thing to do right now to prepare – to prepare for us to play at the highest level that we have ever played. And, um, and and we just want to go out there and, and, and show that. And, um, you know, we have some new guys joining us, Trey, um, Mike, um, Kid Gilchrist, and, you know, obviously Josh and AC also. And, and you know, we everybody's getting in, in, in the best shape we can uh, to, to, show, to showcase our skills and to showcase what we can do and, and, and try to make some noise in the, in, the, in the playoffs.
2: Okay, I actually want to stop before that next question because he has never been more relatable than when he didn't know what day of the week it was he said friday is the oh he's like friday is the opener that's the that's the game he's just kind of going day by day and it also kind of makes the missing the coronavirus test you know make a little bit more sense because he didn't really know what day it was he was kind of uh you know he's just going day by day with this and uh, i thought that that was interesting i thought the the statement about them doing defensive slides in practice, I thought that was pretty telling as well because I think Carlisle really drilled them on defense after seeing those first two scrimmages. The Mavericks' defense looked so disjointed; it looked so like they were missing guys, that they were missing rotations, that they were just it didn't they didn't show a lot of interest in playing defense as well. And so maybe part of that is because of scrimmages, but also maybe this team needs to work on that in general. Carlisle specifically mentioned after the game that he said. Um, we need to show as much interest in defense as we do offense. And I think that's pretty telling of this team as well. And so, those two things together, I think, definitely are c- connected. That he definitely put them through some, you know, defensive drills. And he said specifically defensive sliding, which is just, you know, what you learn in elementary school. <laughs> and so, going back to the very basics and the fundamentals, I thought it was very interesting that they were doing that. So, all right, let's hear from Chris Porzingis about preparing specifically for the Philadelphia 76ers, which is their next scrimmage game which is tonight if you're listening to this on tuesday
0: uh, no no you got me wrong we love the scrimmages we love playing we, we don't like the preseason we love don't like ah, the preseason practice that's, 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 that's what we don't i mean we do like it because you know at the end of the day we're, we're doing what we love but i'm just saying it's not our favorite thing to do uh, we love we love playing of course scrimmages whatever it is whatever kind of competition we have uh, i think we, we could all agree that we love it but um but yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's 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 an opportunity for us to test ourselves against you know a team that's that's been in the playoffs that has that experience. Uh, they're in the Eastern Conference, so we're not gonna uh, see them unless it's all all the way at the end. Um, so uh, yeah, it's, it's it's a good challenge for us to go out there, uh, play another big physical team, uh, and 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 play the basketball that that we know how to play and and we the the, the the basketball that that we're better at. And, and, uh, and that's it you know we were focused on ourselves we don't really uh, want to focus so much on our opponent at this moment uh, focusing on ourselves and, and, and trying to get better with each scrimmage with each practice and and uh, and come into the regular season and then playoffs and and the, the best uh, in the best shape uh, in all in all ways possible
2: so pretty generic answer there I don't think there was really too much to unpack in that but the Mavericks are, are playing the 76ers in the scrimmage and it to me, it looks like Joel Embiid won't play. By the time you're reading this, you probably already know more than I do at this point. Joel Embiid missed their last scrimmage, their second scrimmage game with a calf injury. And so, again, by the time you listen to this, you may know or have you know learned if he is playing or not. But I'm going to guess he's not going to play. And if he's not then that kind of changes things for this Mavericks team. The, the, you know, 76ers will probably start Al Horford then. You know, Chris Ops Porzingis will probably have to guard him. And so that just changes it all up. Um, going against Joel Embiid is kind of what makes this practice worth it for, for, or the scrimmage worth it for Porzingis to be able to have a challenge in that sense, to be able to play against, you know, a bigger big like that. But, you know, this is, you know, the, this 76ers team is a juggernaut defensively with or without Joel Embiid, which is kind of wild because he's one of the best defensive centers in the entire game. But this 76ers team is still really good defensively. Ben Simmons, you know, Al Horford himself is, you know, good defender, good smart team defender. Matisse Tybal, you have Josh Richardson, you have all kinds of different good defenders on this team, good to great defenders on this team. And so that's really going to challenge this Mavericks team. And then being able to defend Ben Simmons, defend. Joel Embiid if he plays, if he doesn't, then you know, defending the rest of those guys, Tobias Harris, who who takes Tobias Harris and who takes Ben Simmons? I think that's a big question for this Mavericks team. That's basically two wings. And we've talked about how the Mavericks don't have two guys to defend two wings of that nature. And so be interesting to see what they do on that end. I'm gonna guess Dorian takes Ben Simmons. And then I guess Tim Hardaway Jr. takes Tobias Harris, but that's that's a mismatch right there. So it'll be it'll be very interesting unless they pull a Maxi and decide to put Maxi on on Simmons or Maxi on... Um, I guess they wouldn't put Maxi on Tobias Harris. But Maxi on Simmons actually kind of makes some more sense. And so we'll see if they do something like that. But my guess is that they'll stick with their normal starting lineup which will be, you know, Luca, Seth Curry, Tim Hardaway Jr., Dorian, and then Chris Ops Porzingis if, you know, he's going to be available and then go with... You know uh Tim Hardaway Jr. on Tobias Harris or maybe throw Luka on Tobias Harris just throw him into the, throw him into the deep end basically and say you know this team needs to be better at defense you're the best player on this team and you have to step up you know you have to step up and actually defend somebody maybe he does something like that it'd be interesting to see what Carlisle does he's making them do defensive stances so I wouldn't put anything past him in this next scrimmage game and I'll be interested to see how that plays out up until this point so okay Uh, let's hear one more from Kristaps Porzingis before we move on. Uh, This is about Kristaps Porzingis in foul trouble. I thought that this was interesting as well because he did get in some foul trouble in that, you know, first game against the Lakers. He was, uh, you know, he had, what did he have? Five fouls pretty early or four fouls pretty early. So here's Kristaps Porzingis about the foul trouble. It sounds like he's already thought about it and he's already considered what he should do to kind of change that.
0: Yeah. Um, that's the thing I was just I think it was a little bit of a mixture of just a lot of emotion, excitement, you know, for the game and and uh, and I just have to be smart. I, I know I've been in those situations of uh, I fouled out of games and, and I know, you know, that, that teams are gonna try to attack me and, and and get to the basket and get me in foul trouble uh, to get me out of the game. And I have to be smart to, with, with my fouls and, and use them when I need to use them and, and be careful when I when I need to be careful. It's just, it, it, it comes with experience. And I feel like I have enough experience to know, you know, and to, 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 to read the game and, and and play play the game the, the way I need to play to stay in the game.
2: So from what I saw in that Lakers game, it seemed like Porzingis was behind the play a couple of times and that just comes with you know the awareness the defensive awareness it comes from knowing the tendencies of the players that you're playing against it comes from you know being um you know being ready basically for for every single play and so I think part of what he's saying is correct that it was just jitters he wasn't necessarily ready for every single play and so when you get behind the play that means when Uh, A play is happening a guy starts making a move and then you all of a sudden are are caught off guard and you have to try and catch up and anytime you're trying to play catch up on defense unless you're maxi who is very good at this but we'll talk about that in a second anytime you're trying to play catch up you're more than likely going to foul because you're going to make a mistake you're going to go too far you're going to go too fast you're not in control you're trying to you know quickly get back into the into position and so that's what happened to christoph porzingis and uh i it depends on which matchup they have in the playoffs. I'm not super worried about Porzingis getting into foul trouble, but that could be something definitely to, to look forward to, look for, uh, to monitor, to see how Kristaps Porzingis is doing, um, you know, foul wise. If a lot of players are getting into the paint and he's having to catch a lot of these guys, you know, getting penetration, then maybe that's something that we need to watch out for and, and to see. So, uh, that's his answer on that. Coming up, let's talk about Luka Doncic as a most improved candidate, because Luka. Um, is going to be on some ballots, and Rick Carlisle talked about that specifically. So let's talk about that coming up. All right, so Rick Carlisle was asked about Luka Doncic and how he has improved so much year to year, and I thought his answer was really good. So let's hear from Rick Carlisle about Luka's most improved chances, basically.
1: Overall, um, just an overall refinement of his game, Um, greater experience. He's you know, become the, the leader of the team on the floor. That's pretty clear um, and just, you yeah, know, I, I think just a, a, a greater overall understanding of what we need from him, which is basically that he needs to do a little bit of everything. Um, he's got to create uh, for himself. He's got to create for teammates. He's going to have to guard good players. Um, we need him to, to, to attack the rim. We need him to, you know, uh, you know, make three-point shots. You know, we need him to direct traffic, make play calls. I mean, it's everything. Um, I saw something um, in the last couple of days. Somebody in, in speculation about NBA awards had him as most improved player. And, uh, you know, if you look at his stats and, and what he's established this year, you know, as a starter in the All-Star game and everything else, um, you know, it's, it's not a stretch.
2: It's not a stretch. Actually, the Locked On NBA Network did a whole poll about all the awards we did. MVP, Rookie of the Year, Most Improved, Sixth Man, and Defensive Player of the Year. Isaac and I will probably do a longer podcast on that uh, or a specific podcast about that in the coming days, but I wanted to... um, talk about just the most improved player part of it so uh, we had all the all the hosts vote pretty pretty much all the hosts vote we had a you know a good number of them i think 35 or so which is not every single host but a, a, a good percentage of them and brandon ingram Kind of ran away with the poll. He got thirty four thirty four point three percent of the vote for most improved, and Luca got twenty eight point six. So Luca was second in most improved, and then Bam Adebayo was third at twenty two point nine percent. Christian Wood of the Pistons was um was fourth with 8.6% of the vote. I think he only got three votes, though. And then Devontae Graham got two votes, Uh, one of them from from the Locked on Hornets guy, Doug Branson himself, and then, uh, you know, from someone else. So, uh, Luca got a bunch of most improved votes, which I thought was awesome. Isaac and I were both one of them for... For sure, we were giving Luca his credit in the most improved. The other one that I thought was interesting was David Locke himself voted for Luca as most improved player, and so I think that was was significant that Luca was getting all those votes. And Luca has shown a ton of improvement, and here's why. Let me just give the case for anybody that's thinking, ah, well, Luca just got the ball more. You know, Dennis Smith Jr. was gone, and Harrison Barnes was gone, and you know, all these players, all these veterans were taking the ball away from Luca. We had that whole thing about. DeAndre Jordan freezing Luka out and all that stuff last year. And this year, he's been the main guy. He is the one that has the ball in his hands. He's the point guard and all that. So why should Luka get most improved? He just had the ball more. Luka improved getting into the paint. He improved his moves around the paint. He improved as a decision maker. He is a player that you know changed the direction of this team pretty much. He has he done so much. From one year to the next, he's improved. Uh, the only thing that that hasn't really improved is his three point percentage, right? Just pretty much everything else across the board has improved. I believe he's improved as a positional defender. I believe he's improved, you know, uh, somewhat his interest on the defensive end. He's improved this whole. He's improved the whole team, and so I think doing that, going from a good player to a great player and potential mo, you know, potential most valuable player. Uh, you know, as well, like a most valuable player, from, you know, you know, just like a, a player that was kind of a fringe all-star last year to an all-star starter who's going to be on MVP ballots this ballots this year. I think that is a player that is most improved. Now, my thing about Brandon Ingram versus Luca, I think Brandon Ingram is going to win the award because I think his baseline, was lower than Luca's was to start. And so Luca went from good to great. Brandon Ingram went from decent to good, right? Or to semi great, right? Like he, that's where he went from. And so that gap is bigger. And so I think Brandon Ingram's going to win the award, but, and he did in the lockdown poll, but he was also pretty close with Luca. I think there was only a couple of votes that were different than, uh, than Luca. I think if, you know, if we can convince a couple of these guys to change their vote, then we can, uh, you know, then Luca could 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 have won this award, right? It just would have taken like three or four votes to swing a different way. Or if we got some of the Christian Wood, Devonte Graham, Bam Adebayo voters <laughs> to switch, I don't know if Isaac and I should start campaigning. I think we I think this vote is kind of the final one for us, but uh, I think we could we could make it happen. Interesting that the uh, the guy from Locked On Kings voted for Brandon Ingram. Of course, he's not going to vote for Luca, so I don't know. We're not. Uh... <laughs> We're not still keeping track of that or anything, but uh, I thought that it was interesting. Riccarlo mentioned that he seemed a little surprised that Luca was going to be on MVP or most improved player ballots, but uh, I don't think he should be, and I don't think that he uh, he was kind of surprised that he's going to be on there. But I think that he agrees that he has been, you know, a very improved player that he has done a lot, and so it'll be interesting to see when the actual ballots come out to see where he. Shows up to see where he shows on MVP ballots. Isaac and I will talk about all those awards later. We'll do all that, but uh, all right, the game coming up. We'll probably do a post game for that as well. Um, so guys, stick with us. We appreciate you and uh, enjoyed the scrimmage tonight. We will talk to you afterwards, guys. Thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps.